Let's go, man, because I'm ready to go eat dinner. You're listening to the Pillaging Podcast. Canyon Podcast, PillagingJustForFun.com. The only Raider fan site made by Raider fans for Raider fans. Tune in every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Also follow along on Twitter, at PillageJustForFun. That's at PillageJust, the number four fun. I'm your host, Kenny Stapler, joined every week by my co-host, Raider Kane. It's time to pillage. What's good, Kane? We're 10 and 3. We're half came back in the AFC West. How do you feel about it? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm not worried about that Kansas City loss. It was a game. We were supposed to win. We went out. We had a bad game in cold weather. Couldn't get it done. Am I worried? Nah. We still make the playoffs. Wild card, number one seed. We still got a very good shot at getting to the big dance. Um, let's break down this game just a little bit here. What was some? I mean, we we know the outcome. We know it was was not the the outcome we were looking for. At moments, it looked pretty ugly. But what's some of the good stuff? What are some of the takeaways in this game that that we can walk away from and feel good about? Well, we know our running game is strong. We know we can run the ball when we need to, even without Coletio Simile. Um, that's pretty much about, about the best point I can take away from this game in particular. I mean, we had a really bad game. It, it, it wasn't something to be proud of, in my opinion. Um, I, I really like the defensive output in that game. We struggled with some of the intermediate passes. That's going to happen when you don't have Carl Joseph, who, in my opinion, was actually the biggest loss in this game. People were talking about the pressure with the loss of KO, but all that pressure coming off of the right side, actually. I'm looking at Austin Howard and Menelik Watson on that side. But getting back to um, the defense, we shut down their run game. I mean, it looked great. We were getting really good pressure all night long on Alex Smith. And the coverage, for the most part, the wide receivers did their job. You're going to give up plays in the NFL. That's going to happen. I really like the defense out there on the road in Kansas City on a short week. And now with the news that Mari Edwards Jr. is coming back this week, possibly limited snaps, had a really good practice last week. The defense looks solid. Um, I agree with you with your points as well. Um, we were right in there. We played a really bad game, and we lost by eight points. So I think if we had to play that two out of three times, uh, the Raiders have a good chance of coming away with that twice. Walking away from that game, the bad stuff. We got to cover the bad stuff too. What did you see in that game that was concerning? I don't. I mean, well, Derek Carr first of all had a had a bad game. Uh, you know, I think his pinky really affected him in the cold weather. And I'm also uh, going to have to say the receivers didn't even help him. You know, they didn't give him much help either. We had too many drop passes, and I said this in last week's podcast that we cannot have too many missed opportunities. And at this point, we had too many missed opportunities. That's what it all boils down to. You know, you can say Derek Carr had a bad game. I think Derek Carr had a bad game. But at the same time, we had too many missed opportunities, drop passes, uh, play calls on third down when we was running the ball good third and one we decided to get cute and try to pass it just too many missed opportunities you know you talked about the third and one and JDR was actually talking today he was interviewed and I caught some of the, the quotes on Twitter he was really shocked with that call he said when that call came in over the headphones he had considered taking a timeout right there and didn't I, I bet you he wishes he had because um, I really think we run the ball for five yards right there on third and one uh, I mean, the the pinky on Derek Carr, I don't know what to think about it. There was balls in that game that didn't look sharp. They were um, 
high. They were behind. Some of them fluttered. I don't know how much of that, though, was Casey getting uh, pressure on Derek Carr, getting him off of his spot, or how much of it was the pinky. Because on the other hand, when he had time to throw that final drive in the first half, he looked real sharp. The pinky I'm concerned about is Crabtree. Carter Crabtree has been bread and butter all season long. And this week and, and, and last week, ever since the injury, basically, that kind of went under the radar, uh, he's been dropping balls left and right. And I really think that's why. I think that's a direct correlation. Occam's razor, right? It's the assumption that, or it's the conclusion that makes the least assumptions. And so I would say Crabtree's pinky, which, you know, reports have been coming out. They're suffering from basically the same thing at a dislocation. Um, that's, and I think it's his pinky. That's, um, that's, that's a bit concerning for me. It's a tale of, two pinkies at this point. Uh, but having 10 days rest, hopefully uh, that, that comes back. Um, still no word on Carl Joseph, so that's still concerning. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot to be concerned about in that game. I don't think a lot of it's going to linger, but the dropped passes need to get cleared up. There's the whole spider wire conspiracy, spider wire gate, if you want to call it. I don't think the ball hit any wire. Uh, they're in Kansas City. It's 20 degrees out. I know winds weren't strong, but that ball was high in the air, and you got you got little gusts that can happen up there, and Amari Cooper said it right in the post-game interview. The ball changed direction. It happens. We see it in baseball all the time. Hell, we see it in football all the time. Let's stop coming up with all these crazy conspiracy theories Raider fan I know it's fun I know it's part of the lore but quite frankly it's frustrating and it's a bad look um the ball moved he made a bad turn on it he fell down I, I don't know what else to tell you basically we lost the game we lost the game that's what it is we lost the game we came out we had opportunity to capitalize we came out we could have been the number one seed the players knew what they had at stake the coaches the whole organization knew what was at stake so it was up to you guys as individuals to come out and capitalize on this situation. You didn't. You came out and you faltered. Derek Carr had a bad game. You can put it on his, his pinky or you can put it on Kansas City got his number. I, I mean, it, you take your pick. We lost the game. We didn't win. At the end of the day, you did not come out and win a game that you absolutely should have won just to prove to yourselves, Raiders, just to prove to yourselves that you can win the big one when you need to. See, this would have been a good test for you guys going forward to know that when you are fronted, faced with 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 so many obstacles, you were on a short week. You know, you played a night game in cold weather. You you need to come out and win those games. You you, you got to come out and win those games. If not for the fans, which we don't mean nothing, really, but to yourselves, to yourselves as a team. And you just didn't do it. So what we got to do is we got to go back to the drawing board, come out. Hopefully Derek Carr gets a, you know, a good rest on 10 days and he comes back healthy and he comes back ready to dominate and take out San Diego just in a season. I mean, that's 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 where I'm at right now. Looking forward. I'm not looking back anymore. We lost to Kansas City. Obviously, right now, they have our number. And, you know, maybe we'll see them again in the playoffs. Maybe we won't. We'll see. And, you know, <clears throat> there was a lot of Raider fans that were ready to jump off the ledge during this game. My phone was blowing up. I was talking people down 
all game long. I said, you got to hang in there. And the defense, they gave us every chance to win that game. They, they put it on a tee for us. And again, we missed opportunities. So Raider fan, you need to hang in there, man. A lot, some of you guys maybe are built for this. I don't know. I've been around a long time. I guess I'm used to it. Uh, but you need to bear with me. Um, I got to eat some crow. TJ Carey played well again this week. Played really well. I'm going to keep eating that crow. That crow tastes delicious. I got to tell you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I think walking away from this um, Raider fan and, and the Oakland Raiders, we're going to maybe be going on the road in the playoffs and uh, we're going to have to step our game up in, in, in cold weather. Car's going to have to shake that. And I think we can. Again, we were close, just not close enough. Uh, anything that, From what I've seen from Derek Carr, he seems to get better. I think he can rise to the occasion uh, when we make the playoffs. Um, given that, and I said that we might be on the road, there's nearly a quarter of a football season left to play. There's still three games left on the schedule. That's a lot of time in the NFL. Anything can happen. Tennessee beat Denver. This last week, they play Kansas City next week. Um, Kansas City's missing Johnson big time. I think they tried, I heard they tried out Miles Burris today. So that should show you that there's a lot of concern and even some panic over there in Kansas City. We ran for 130 yards on them and we didn't even commit to the run. If Tennessee shows up and does what they do, which is run the ball, they can hand them a no. They also play Denver one more time. That's a division rivalry. Anything can happen in that game. And remind me, who's the third team that they play? They play the Chargers, correct? Exactly. And they were down yes. 27 to nothing the first week of the season against the Chargers, correct? Yeah, but I think the Chargers done mailed it in, though, bro. They they probably did, we'll and we're, and we're going to talk about them later. So, yeah, you're probably correct. My point is, is Kansas City could lose one or two games on the schedule. Granted, so could we, but we can also win out. This team has to rise to the occasion. That's where some of the concerns that I mentioned earlier kind of hover. They kind of linger in the distance. But we'll find out soon enough on Sunday if this team bounces back. We'll know right away if there's anything that we should be worried about. Let's get into the MVP uh, excuse me, the MVP player of the game. Who's your baller this week? Once again, it's got. I got to go with Khalil Mack. I got to go with Khalil Mack, man. Uh, he's been the man. I mean, that's 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 basically your defense right there, Khalil Mack. Without Khalil Mack, I don't know where we would be. Um, I'm noticing a trend. What is this? Three weeks in a row now, Khalil Mack. Four three weeks. weeks in a, hey, you know, actually six. Six, six weeks. weeks six, seven. Or or what eight? Because in the last what seven eight weeks he's he's just come alive, a sack sack fumble, sack strip, pick six, s- pick six. Oh wow, a pick six! I forgot pick six. What that <laughs> to add a pick six to his stat? What does that tell you about this guy? That tells you that he comes to play every Sunday. Khalil Mack is the man. Khalil Mack has actually put himself in the MVP category, whether you you want to speak on it or not. But this guy has saved us, closed out, what, two games in the last three weeks? And you know what? The defense shut down Kansas City in the second half. Khalil Mack was a big part of that, you know? So you're going to have to you going to have to just you know take a look and say hey maybe Khalil Mack can be in the in the conversation for MVP just like Von Miller last year we'll see going forward 
All right. Well, let's. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you in this game. Khalil Max, my MVP too. Um, I know it's it's not interesting radio when we both agree, but it, it's really hard to disagree on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Khalil Mack, um, and uh, it's the garbage man segment. We gotta we gotta put somebody in the trash. So this is the garbage man segment. Trash can player of the game. Who is it? You know what? You gonna laugh at me for saying this, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it. And I got his jersey and I bought it because I was hooked on the hype, and he's still that good. But David Amerson, I'm mad at you, bro. You gave up a deep pass to Tyreek Hill that basically screwed us. Because you take away that, you take away that touchdown, and we pretty much tie and win the game. That was a critical touchdown. And the, the Oakland special teams, y'all need to go suck apples. Cause you let Tyreek Hill score on a punt return marquette king with your dancing self come on man you know better than that all right all right you guys so get garbage time this week baby all right yeah so that's my trash can player is marquette king marquette i like you bro but you're feeling yourself just a little bit too much you're feeling yourself a little too much homie you need to calm down i know jack pulled you aside he said we don't need any more penalties we don't need no kicks to the middle of the field. I don't know if that was an accident or not. I think you're a little bit too good for that to have been an accident. So if that was supposed to be some kind of nut check, you're getting too damn cute, and you're feeling yourself too much, you're going in the trash can this week. All right, well, that's the Kansas City game. I know a lot of you guys out there are divided on the Raider Stadium issue, and you know how Kane and I feel about it. And this week, we have a little bit something special for you. I had a chance to sit down with Dr. Dett this weekend. Um, he's a big part of the Forever Oakland movement, the Stay in Oakland movement. You might have seen the signs. You might have seen the airplane banner. Or you might just recognize this guy from his NFL Hall of Fame induction or for chilling in the black hole every single weekend. I hope you enjoy this interview with Death. All right. Uh, yes, Kenny Stapler here. We're joined today by Ray Ray Perez, also known as Doctor Death, uh, Oakland Raider super fan. Um, welcome to the show, Ray. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Kenny? Thanks for having me, my dude. I really appreciate you having me on, man. Really I appreciate I appreciate you coming on here. It's it's an honor to to get to talk to you. This is great. Oh, thanks, man. How, hey, how's your day treating you over there, man? My day's good. You know, um, we got the 49ers right now. It's all tied up. Uh, I'm kind of, we talked a little bit earlier. I'm with you. I'd like to see them finish six and 10, but a Niners loss is just as good as the Raiders win sometimes. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, it's really hard for me to root for the Niners because I, I really hate them with a passion, but it's, I just don't want them to lose because I want them to drop <laughs> back in the, uh, in the draft, you know? So it's like, yeah, they won. Oh shit. They're <laughs> like at the top one, two in the draft. Ah, all right, whatever. And, and to be fair to my, my, my Niner fans that may or may not be listening, probably not listening. Um, my issue with the 49ers is, I mean, growing up, I always had a passion for the Raiders. Half of my family rooted for the Niners. They're a Bay Area team. We nearly saw a Bay Area Super Bowl in the 90s. But I think more recently, my disgust with the team comes with the fact that their fans get in my face the minute they find out that I'm a Raider fan. And I don't like that hostility. And also, it's even increased now um, because you're seeing, you know, Niner faithful uh, not showing up to their games, not watching their games, questioning their fanship. I have Niner people come up to me all the time. They're saying that they're watching more Raider games. And for me as a fan, I just don't get it. And so, I don't know, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth too. 
Yeah, with me growing up, I had a lot of you know, all my best friends. I grew up, you know, I played baseball growing up. So all nine of my boys, we played baseball together. They were all Niner fans, and they made me hate the Niners even more. But you know what, though? Um, you know, people call some Niner fans coming to the Raider games, and you're like, you don't belong here. No, hell no. I want all the Niner fans that we can get to put money into the Raiders, put more money into the organization, the East Bay. You come with your Niner gear, by all means. Come to the Raider game. Because this organization with the broke owner that it has already, we need your money. I don't. I don't see. I, look, I'm colorblind. I don't see red. I see green. And bring your money. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that being said, um, you talked a little bit about growing up a, a fan and being on your soccer team. So I want to get into that. I want to talk about when did you become a Raider fan and, and why. Uh, so my dad grew up in the uh, in kind of like by Fairfield. He grew up in Fairfield, which is about what 45 minutes from from Oakland. He was a diehard Raider fan growing up. From the you know from the 70s 80s you know growing up and when i was about five six years old um he had all this memorabilia you you had your you're watching me on video if you guys have seen my periscopes before i have a big raider cave and he my dad has memorabilia from the late 60s early 70s all the way till now and when i was younger he had all this memorabilia in the apartment everywhere all i saw was raiders 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 everywhere and i i said well what's all this stuff for I think my dad showed me my, my first Raider game. I think one of the most recent uh, Raider games that I remember as a child, but I didn't conceptualize it, was when we played, I think, the Bengals in the playoff game, I believe. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I think Bo Jackson was playing at that time, but I didn't really conceptualize it until I really knew what Raider football was when my dad took me to a game when they came back in 95. I think I was what, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the black hole, and it was just nuts. You know, I had gone to Disneyland a handful of times. My grandparents would bring me to Disneyland. It was fun. But once I got to went to a Raider game, and I remember Napoleon Kaufman, you know, taking the handoff and scoring, I think, and he got everybody was just high fiving each other, right? Mm-hmm. And you have fifty five thousand plus fans high fiving each other as a kid. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, whoa, this is gr- this is crazy. <laughs> and then it's what early September. And I'm thinking, well, Halloween came early this year. You know, <laughs> Gorilla Violator. I remember seeing the late hardcore. And I told my dad, I want to be like that. And my dad said, all right, that's cool. So after that game that I went to at, what, seven, eight years old, uh, I painted my face in whatever form that I, whether it was half silver, half black. Wow. One year I told my dad I wanted a hard hat, a Raider hard hat for Christmas, and he got it for me. And then I got shoulder pads. And then I remember wearing a Tyrone Wheatley jersey at first. Wow. And I had a Charles Woodson jersey. And I had silver windbreakers. And then as I got older, I said, no, I want to make myself different. But my dad said, you can't wear spikes and you can't wear skulls because everybody else has that. And you can't wear army pants or leather pants. Okay. So then one year, me and my dad crafted something together put my passion into it. Um, I played baseball my whole life. And then once my baseball career ended, my passion had to go somewhere and it came to the Raiders. You know, my dad told me that I couldn't wear leather pants either, but that's, that's a completely different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the name, the name Dr. Death, is that, is that related to Skip Thomas or? Yeah. What happened was, is I was, when I first started, I'm 28. So as I was, uh, my early 20, you know, beginning of my 21 year old year, I believe, I, I, I finally solidified my look, but I didn't know what name I wanted. 
I, I thought of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, then I thought of Bo or Bo Nose or Stork and I was, or Ghost. But then when Jack Tatum passed away and they said Jack Tatum teamed up with Dr. Death and I said, oh, there, then that that's when it hit me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I because re- growing up, I knew two names, Al Davis and Jack Tatum. Those yeah. are the two names I knew and that's all I needed to know growing up. And then once I did a lot more research, I found out about the Soul Patrol and you know, all the Raider greats. And I said, I like that. And interestingly enough, I actually ran into do- uh, the real Dr. Death, Alonzo Thomas, the wow. son, ran into him and a, um, a family member of you know the late Skip Thomas, yeah. got to know him, and he just loved what I was doing, and we just collabed together. And he was like, dude, I love the." He told me he appreciates the fact that I keep his dad's memory alive, you know, and it's an honor for me, you know? Yeah. That's great, man. It's a great story. Um, so you were relatively young when they moved away to Los Angeles. Um, do you remember? I was, I was born in 87, so I was relatively young when they came back. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, now, has your dad talked to you about anything, uh, uh, how that affected him? Did, does that have anything to do with your latest your latest efforts? You know, so when I kind of asked my dad what they did, what happened, he said he was pissed. Mm-hmm. And he showed me that, um, that uh, some of his memorabilia here, it does not say Los Angeles. It just says Raiders. And, you know, he should, there were some license plates that I also saw from people around the community that I know at that time, they have stuff that says, never will I say LA. Wow. And, you know, I know I heard some stories that they, that they, uh, stayed out of the stadium for a whole entire half and out that pissed off Al Davis and that didn't get to do anything right. Uh-huh. But go becoming Dr. Death. I've had, I've been fortunate to meet hundreds of people. This is actually really pre-Twitter, right? Because Twitter, it's a lot easier to connect with people. But just imagine being able to connect with people as Dr. Death, my single platform, and connecting with so many people that you would normally connect on with Twitter, right? So I'm establishing all these relationships. I'm, you know, I've met some of my favorite people, family members that I didn't know before Twitter. I'm talking, I'm a godson to a child that of people that I met before Twitter. Wow. So imagine, and it's all because of the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, the community. Yeah. And having the Raiders leave selfishly, and we'll get into this later on. Yeah. Fleecing taxpayers and expecting a handout and not reciprocating the loyalty and trying to leave and taking our loyalty for granted mm-hmm. and our hard earned money. Cause look, Raider Nation, majority of us were not a very rich fan base or were more, were more blue collar. Sure. And when I'm rich to get more specific, a lot of this fan base, they're going to struggle and will struggle going to another city like they do here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the reality. And once I got to go into meetings and I got to meet with developers and asking them, okay, what are you doing on your end? What do the Raiders need to do on their end? Mm-hmm. And they would tell me what the Raiders would need to do. And the Raiders would put this facade of, well, Oakland's not doing anything. No, you're waiting for them to do something for you. And you kind of see the how how the Raiders are screwing their fans over by taking us for granted. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of sparked my flame, per se. So, um, is it safe to call you a Sports Illustrated cover model at this point? Hey, just be happy I wasn't on the swimsuit edition, all right? <laughs> um, 
so so you're you're leading us to to the next part of this is really how this all started. Can can you kind of give us a, a timeline of of where this began, kind of what you've experienced uh, up until till now? You know, what's what's the story? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is actually interesting, right? Because obviously, you know, I was on Sports Illustrated, and uh, a lot of my very close friends in the Forever Oakland movement, oh, you know, I got to chat with them, and I really had a man to man conversation with them because being on sports illustrated it's not all peaches and cream sure there was some stuff that was just tumultuous it was uh adversity you know and there's a lot of things that i've learned and we'll, we'll go back to when i first started you know r- r- the east bay they were desperate for someone to represent them because they were there commute communally but they needed someone to represent them and i just didn't say hey pick me pick me i just said Forget that. I'll, I need to go do what I need to go do. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I slowly realized, hey, I'm representing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. People are give, starting, you know, I gave my first my first ever speech and a former developer before before Floyd Kephart, it was one before him, Okay, came up and he was like, wow, that was a really great speech. I'm a communications major. And at that time, he asked me to go speak to about 30 of his colleagues, some are environmentalists and, you know, they deal with sound and the environment and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And I delivered my first speech on what the Raiders meant to the city of Oakland. And it was really the idea of the Raiders that this, this idea of a new stadium, it's bigger than football. I don't see this as a new stadium. I see this as revolutionary for an entire generation moving forward responsibly and rightfully. That means that we're not going to sell ourselves out and get a stadium at all costs. That we're not going to build a stadium on a strip where there's a bunch of hookers and pimps and gambling and alcohol. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We need something that is that can be organic and help the entire community. And when I mean community, that means Oakland, the Bay Area, and the Oakland Worldwide Raider Nation. That's what I knew we needed to do. And <clears throat> slowly, people were starting to gravitate and come together and, um, you know, I joined a group at first and then, you know, things evolved after joining a group in Oakland to, to help keep the Raiders. But then my good friend, Godfather Grizz Jones of the 66 mob mob stands making Oakland better. Yeah. We tailgate. um, we have the NFL's longest running tailgate. We tailgate Friday night through Sunday. We had our people and me and him said, look, we need to fight this from a grassroots level. We need to be represented. We just can't have a billion dollar industry and politicians at their own will saying what's best for us. We need to have a voice. If people think that we can't affect the situation and it's out of our control, they are sadly mistaken. I I know this because I've been involved for the last three, four years, and I know the effects that we have had from getting over 500 people to email politicians to change their view on how they vote. Right. Yeah. I've had politicians come up to me and say, look, OK, I get the point. I got your 500 emails. We can affect that way. You you can't sit at home and tell me, oh, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Neither do you sitting 500, 5,000 5, miles away from your laptop listening to me right now. Yeah. If you haven't been. You don't know what you're talking about. Flat out. I don't care. I'll tell it to your face. So about three years ago, we said, what can we do? That's a short word or moniker that conceptualizes everything. And then we have a buddy of mine, me, myself, and Grizz, we came up with the term forever Oakland. 
and we were going to use the Oakland tree, which we have been using, yeah. but wherever we go, that is going to represent who we are communally. <clears throat> and so wherever we went, we had to go unified as a mission statement, know that we are represented, utilize what we currently have in our day and age being social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And that's how I built my following, right? And so three years ago, we took about 200 people. There's people that flew in from Reno, SoCal, and Seattle. I I gathered 10,000 signatures from different people all over and said, we support the Raiders staying in Oakland. Mm. I took 200 people plus 10,000 signatures that I had in hand, mm -hmm. and I walked it over to the Raiders headquarters during the week of the draft. This was oh, day wow. three of the draft. Okay. And we were yelling, we want Mark. We want Mark. Mark Davis comes out with Mark Bedane, shakes my hand. There was a video on YouTube, so if you guys look it up, sorry, I had to search Dr. Death Raider fan. We had a big sign that said, we love the Davis family. I, it's on video, and I told Mark, Mark, I'm going to do something for you. We together are going to go to Oakland City Hall and do what we have to do to get elected officials elected, pass um, legislature that's going to affect your stadium. We're going to try to fill your seats. And here's what I mean by fill your seats. Here in the Oakland community, there are nonprofit organizations that in the past sold tickets through the Raiders. So if you were to buy a ticket, you know, through the Raiders at the time, $20 of the ticket would go to your organization, right? Yeah. So there's a softball league here in Sacramento in the last 10 to 15 years, they have raised $50,000 through ticket sales for the Raiders wow. that went to the girls softball league. Wow. So what I mean by that is I told everybody that I knew I used my resources and my network as Dr. Death. And I said, you need to start pushing these, these single game tickets as season tickets. Mm. You need to tell people that we're going to get good. And if you buy season tickets, you're going to have first dibs to a stadium. That's, that's all I need to tell you buy season tickets. You get first dibs on a new stadium is coincidentally enough within that year or two years, now we're on a waiting list. Yes, yes. Okay, so you can say, you had no effect on that. I would. My response to you is, well, if you don't live here, how do you know? Yeah. How, how, if you never met me, how do you know? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it so difficult for you to conceive that a college kid with, the commun with a communications degree and my experiences in the community, I was able, in, in the same timeline, to tell the groups that I knew, push these as season tickets, because if you get your season tickets, you'll have first dibs on a new stadium. Tickets also increased, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's circle back around. I told Mark that we're going to continue to sell out. I told Mark that we're going to come to the table and help him. And I told Mark that we're going to go to City Hall and get people elected and get legislature passed. Mm -hmm. And he said, "We all right, we, we, we're going to get this done. About within that year... Mark said, I'm, I'm going to Carson. Mark's going to Carson. He hasn't presented any plan in Oakland. Because remember, he really wants to stay in Oakland. Remember? I'm sure you heard that. I really I want to stay in Oakland, right? Yeah. But yet, he went to Carson. And it's, oh, I've tried everything in Oakland for the last eight years and haven't gotten anything done. Okay. In under one year, Ronnie Lott and Fortress have put, and I'll use the my adversary's words, okay? They put a skeleton deal together. 
that has been on record supported by Roger Goodell. Not my words. The, I'm just using Roger Goodell's words. Yeah. And Art Rooney's words of, of the dealers that Oakland doesn't need to present the same plan as Vegas, but if they present something, it's good for us. So in under one year, Ronnie Lawton Fortress, the city of Oakland, the county of Alameda have put together a skeletal agreement to get something started. Something that the Davis family has not been able to do in over 25 years. What does that say about the Davis family? Tells me that they're actually not really doing anything. They're really not doing anything. And they, Mark was so quick to buy land in Carson, but yet he demanded it for free in Oakland. So here's the thing, right? I remember, I'm going to circle back around, right? I'm, I am putting, look, all the work that I put in, I'm not in this for my self-aggrandizement. I'm not here to say, look, guys, look what I'm, I want my actions to speak for itself. And if you are listening to this podcast to see what the hell I'm talking about so you can deflect or make fun of or hate whatever I'm saying, and I got you to come on here, obviously you're here because of my either accomplishments or my actions that told a story that got you here, right? Yeah. So with... Continuing on with that timeline, I have gone in my community. I have circled. Look, I sacrificed my tailgate time. Tailgate time is fun, right? You have beers, you have drinks, you're taking pictures. I didn't. I went all around the parking lot telling people we got to support this. We got a piece of legislature that we need passed. We have an environmental impact report that needed support. And if it doesn't get passed, the Raiders are good as gone. We had Measure BB that needed to be passed by Oakland constituents for infrastructure, $90 million. So at this point, you have an environmental impact report of 10. You have infrastructure at $90 million. We're at $100 million in infrastructure costs mm-hmm. and EIR that Oakland is putting forth, and we don't see a dime from the Raiders quite yet. Nothing. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think the lip service of wanting to stay in Oakland but doing nothing about it. Does he do you think he feels like the city owes him something or is he just trying to cash in somewhere else? Mark think wherever he goes, he wants things given to him for free. Mm-hmm. He thinks because we are the Raiders, you're nothing without us. Well, dude, I got a uh, dude, I got some reality for you, Mark, dude. The operating cost to operate a stadium for your team 10 times out of the year, any city is better off putting a Clorox there or some type of tech company anywhere that employs people almost 365 days out of the year and employs people that make six figures a year. Mm-hmm. Your your brand is only worth the people that are in your cult called the NFL. And I'm not in a cult. I am an Oakland Raider fan, not a Mark Davis fan. This may be his team, but it's not his league. Fine, this is your team. Leave the colors here and go to the Canadian Football League. See how you do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. It's, it's, uh, I always tell people that the Raiders aren't necessarily a team, but they're, they're in a, they're a religion. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, okay. And here's another thing before I forget too, right? So I I painted that timeline of, you know, me taking 200 people to Raiders headquarters and I, I I made Mark all these promises and I kind of told you how I tried from a communal effort, a grassroots effort. I've tried my best to keep Mm -hmm. whatever I could do. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You, then you fast forward two years, and I'm sure you saw the video of me yelling at a building. Yeah. I don't know if you – now, you see Mark 
has not committed anything to Oakland, nothing monetarily. Um, he went to Carson. He's gone to Vegas. How do you think I feel by now? You know, it's like this, right? It's like this. People say you. Uh, I'm gonna break this down. I'm gonna, and I really, I hope people are listening to this. People say that I'm yelling at an empty building. Were you there? How'd you know it was empty? Mm-hmm. How, 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 how did you know it was empty? It was the third day of the draft. Did I wonder? Did did people know that the Raiders sent out bottled waters to us? Did people know that Mark Davis's office window was right there and it, it was open? The Raiders contacted me. I know what they think of me, and you know what I told them? I don't care. You know, uh, I could go yell in at Zimba- in Zimbabwe. And with this day in social media, people are going to know about it. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't. And here, here's another thing, right? Um, many people are not happy over the Trump election, Trump getting elected. I don't care what your political party is. But we also see people protesting. Some people are yelling. Some people are yelling peacefully. Mm-hmm. Should they move to another country? Because people are telling me if I don't like it, I should go to another team. So why is it that some of you, and wow. I know there's a lot of Raiders, don't you know don't like trump right so then and if you're a raider fan and or you like people protesting why can't i protest is it because it doesn't fit your agenda if you don't like this country why don't you leave i didn't i didn't uh burn anything i didn't trespass i didn't call anybody's name i didn't call anybody's name anybody a name i did say mark uh al davis must be rolling over in his grave if you disagree with that that's fine we can totally respectfully disagree you know um, but the thing though is, look, we light a torch for a dead man. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have no symbol, no recognition of Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Tim Brown, Ken Stabler, Jim Otto, anywhere in the stadium. Nowhere. They portray Al Davis as a God. Mm-hmm. So yes, if, if they were to try to move, um, the, what do you call it um, in Rome? The um, the cathedral. The ca- they try to move the cathedral out of Rome mm-hmm. into Mexico, and Catholics were to say Saint Peter must be rolling over in his grave. Do you think that's a far fetched idea? No, not at all. So then, why is it so different for us here with Al Davis? Al Davis frequented um, what do you call it uh, Las Vegas? He did. He frequented it while he was alive. Mm-hmm. Look, if if Al Davis was buried in New York, I'd have, I, I would carry no merit at all. Mm-hmm. His, if his resting place was in Las Vegas, if his resting place was in LA or in New York, I'd have no merits at all, but he's resting. Let this man rest in peace and give him the palace that this fan base that he has built that we deserve. You're going to take an entire franchise from him, from Al. He's it's his resting place. Yeah. If he was still alive and he were trying to move him, then then my beef would be different. It would be channeled differently. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, people say I'm yelling at an empty building. Guess what? Guess how much give? Guess how much f's I care? <laughs> Zero. None. Okay, I haven't cursed anybody out, but I will say this: some of you fans, and I'm going to say this very directly here. Some of you fans who don't care who don't care where the Raiders play, you are a stadium fan. That 
a state you are a stadium fan with no soul. You just want a stadium built wherever it goes. And look, if you're a diehard fan in New York or New Jersey or or wherever, I'm you are no less of a fan than I am. I can't fault you for your geographical location. Um, you know, I don't expect you to. Maybe you don't have the same um, uh, feelings because you're not here geographically. But I'm not going to tell you you're a fake fan because you don't fly out here. But if you question me as a fan, that's where I have my beef. And I'll tell you real quick, you know, when we were talking earlier, you know, that that kid that was eight, nine, ten years old, 11 years old, that lives in Oakland and he played peewee football because the Raiders inspired him. Tim Brown inspired him. And then Sundays he'd go to Raider games on Sundays, keep him off the streets. And then when he gets off out of the out of a Raider game on a Sunday at 4 or 5 p.m., he goes home, does his homework, wakes up and goes to school, right? That kid, that keeps him off the streets. And now when that kid is 19, 20, 22, 23 years old and the Raiders are about to leave and he feels like he was abandoned, how are you going to tell that kid he's a fake fan? How are you going to tell that kid who grew up rooting for the Raiders and kept him off the streets and he felt not a football connection but a life connection because here we – to some stadium we see the raiders as a culture and and i asked you this right yeah i'll ask can the raiders do anything to you for you not to be a fan anymore it's hard for me to answer because i've been asked this before if they move um if they change their if they change their name if they change the colors if they changed all of that then yeah i wouldn't be a raider fan anymore okay because I, I and I, I didn't really need a, a full response because because your initial unfiltered response was enough for me. Okay, I asked you earlier if you're Catholic, right? Yeah. Okay, as a Catholic, can the can the Catholic Church do anything to you and your family to not be Catholics anymore? I mean, yeah, they've they've done enough already. I think a, a lot of people jump ship. Okay, so let me get this straight, right? And I've said this to quite a bit of Raider fans that are Catholic that I've asked: Can the Raiders do anything to you for you not to be a Raider anymore? So. A religion that has God in it, it you're so quick to say, yep, Catholic, the Catholic Church can do something and I'm done. But a billionaire franchise that takes your money can do – you have, they have to do a lot more than the Catholic Church for you to, for you to abandon them. Because, look, if the Raiders leave, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. Yeah. And for, you, for people – and look, I know there's Catholics that are listening – if you're quick to say, yep, the Catholic Church can do X, Y, and Z, but the Raiders can't, I think you got your principles mixed up here. Not not you, but people yeah. in general, to put that in that perspective. Because, look, without hesitation, yes, the Raiders have not reciprocated the loyalty. Mm-hmm. They haven't, uh, you know, invested in us. They take us for granted. And my money isn't free. Mm-hmm. You um, can't take granted go ahead yeah and i I think you know it's hard for me to say because it hasn't happened yet and i think that the 10 and 3 seasons obviously offsetting a lot of these feelings if we're you know only have two wins right now and all of these wins are blowing about the team moving i think we immediately feel differently about it i can tell you this for sure if the team moves i'm still going to be a fan but there's going to be a lot missing and 
You know, I want to tell you I'm going to be a fan. I'm not going to stop being a fan the day they move, but I can absolutely see that fanship start to tail off. That passion's not going to be the same. I won't be able right. to afford games in Las Vegas. That's a huge blow, and I already feel like the loyalty. I already feel like I've been slighted by the organization. It's a bitter taste. Like I said, the winning is offsetting that. I don't know how I feel in the middle of a losing season with all of this stuff going on. Um, so it's it's a it's a weird situation to be in right now. It's sort of an imperfect storm, if you will. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I see what you're saying. I think they're going to lose a lot of fans. They lost fans when they moved to L.A. And I think what hurts more this time is knowing that when they move, they're not coming back. That's not happening. They're and they're not. You're you're right. Um, you know, here here's the thing, right? When we ask people, would you still be a fan? Of course, that's easy to say, right? But yeah. will you still cash in on your fandom? Because the Raiders can give two craps if you're sitting at home, at home watching them on TV. What the Raiders want to know is, will you still be continue to be a fan and buy personal seat licenses and season tickets and show up eight times out of the year, even when they're losing? Can't do it. I won't be able to do it. And look, that's what we mean. Not will you still be a fan. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Will you still be able to cash in on your fandom if the Raiders were to move? And, you know, you, look, you go into Las Vegas, right? And you go 10 miles east and you're probably going to hit desert or 10 miles north. Okay. Here in the Bay Area, you go 10 miles east and you hit another 2 million people that it would be very convenient for them to go to a Raider game. It would be a little bit more convenient for someone, especially if you live in Silicon Valley, if you're in San Francisco and you make six figures a year and the Raiders are good and you can pay for a $4,000 PSL in payments because, you know, it's a good investment. That's more realistic. You look at Las Vegas and people say, yeah, but these casinos, who do these casinos employ? They employ, you know, uh, people that make $50,000 a year in the hospitality field. But then you look at Fortune 500 companies, you have startups in the Bay Area that crowdsource $300 million in a year and a half mm-hmm. that employ people that make 80000 to six figures a year. Which is mind-boggling as to why Mark Davis hasn't been able to tap into that pot. And it's not even that he hasn't been able to, it's just that he hasn't even tried. And I think that's what's most frustrating. There's so much opportunity and money sitting right around here to be harvested and nothing's being done. Let me put this to you in this perspective. People keep saying Oakland hasn't done anything. Okay. The same entity, and it's not just Oakland, but just po- politically speaking overall, right? Mm-hmm. The same entity that runs the school system, the police department, the DMV, should not be responsible for building a multi-billion dollar stadium. No. I mean, no. Why would they? No. So when you put it in that perspective, why the hell are you waiting on the government? When you wait on government, you are on government time. Yeah, and you're you waiting. Look, <laughs> and you're waiting. You look at Stan Kroenke. He had his own land, had his own developer, had his own money. In under three years, he never changed land. Las Vegas, they have three different site options. When you have three women, you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, they have three, and I'm sure if you were to talk to someone in Vegas, they're going to tell you it's most likely. I'm like 99 percent sure that we're going to get this plot of land. 
but you're not 100%. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, all you have is $750 million and that's it. You mm-hmm. don't have land. You don't have developer. You don't even know what Sheldon Adelson, I mean, the reports are, they're pretty sure that Sheldon Adelson is going to hammer something out. Fine. But you don't have anything right now. At, at this moment in time, you do not have anything. And yeah. what, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. And I mean, um, look at Jerry Jones. He never waited around on anybody. The guy went and got what he wanted. And of course, he's got more capital than Mark Davis. But Mark Davis has, like I said, opportunities and resources surrounding him that can really be his capital. And he's not he's not putting any effort towards that. Uh, I don't I don't know why it would be the city of Oakland's responsibility to do that. And and I know people are trying to jump at the bit, but Dallas gave uh, Jerry this amount of money and Seattle gave uh, uh, Paul Allen, this amount of money. Okay, but this is California with a 13% uh, tax rate. Yeah. Okay. Oakland is also still paying off $100 million of debt that from the from the Oakland Raiders when they came back. Yeah. But also, the difference between Jerry Jones and Paul Allen and, you know, and, and Mark is, is Jones and Allen, they have assets that they can lean on mm-hmm. that the city isn't going to say, well, is Jerry Jones uh, broke? Is he rich enough to, you know, pick up uh, overruns? They're, they're not asking that question. And even with those two teams in Seattle, they're having this thing where it's called revenue sharing, where any money that comes in in ancillary development or non-game day revenue, they're going to be able to take that money back and pay back the city in those, you know, in those cities, right? Whereas in Las Vegas, the only thing that they have that they're that they're gonna that they being the city of Las Vegas, they're only gonna be receiving the taxes from the hotel tax. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but tourism is not recession proof. Right. If you don't believe me, go ask the Maloofs, the former Kings owners, who had to stop building their hotel because the recession hit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They're not Las Vegas isn't going to get any extra type of revenue. They don't have any ancillary development. Ancillary development meaning housing and projects and buildings and uh, shops. They don't have that that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. To bring all they're relying on is the convention center and roughly thirty to forty non-football events out of the year. Right. And they think honestly that Las Vegas is recession proof. The only thing that's recession proof is alcohol. That's it. So um, I know you got to get going here soon. So I, I want to jump forward. I got just two more questions for you. Okay. Do you think anything has changed with the recent reports that came out last week that Oakland may be prepared to announce a $1.3 billion stadium proposal? Yes. And the reason why is they came out with an, what they have is it's called an ENA, an exclusive negotiating agreement. It's, it's out there. It's some pretty interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. It tells you where they would build, where how where all the money is coming from it says it right there and they have a deadline of january mm-hmm. to have a dda and a dda is a oh excuse me um i wrote it down basically what the dda is they're going to go into more specifics so okay. some of it is like who's the president of fortress who's all involved this is very real okay on tuesday the city of oakland and the county of alameda are going to pass and say, look, we are in conjunction with Ronnie Lawton Fortress, NFL, here you have it. 
Wow. So that was my second question. Is the Ronnie Lott group for real? And it sounds to me like it is. You're more on the inside of this than I am or our listeners are. So, you know, I, I guess just reconfirm that. Is is the Ronnie Lott Fortress group for real or is that just a ruse? If Roger Goodell is going to tell Libby Schaff on record and admit to it and tell her, I want you to work with Ronnie Lott, I find that real. That's okay. Goodell's straight quote. I know, you know, here, here's the thing, right? Before I, before I name drop, excuse me, okay? When you are a journalist in this field and you write out your opinion or you write, you, whatever, you put yourself in a position to be criticized, okay? Just like me. I'm Dr. Death as a fan. When I go on here, Twitter, my own podcast, I know I'm going to get criticized. So I'm going to name drop. Vinny Bonsignor of the LA Daily News, he couldn't be more wrong, Mm-hmm. If if he says, look, people say, oh, this is just a political front. You know how much the city of Oakland is putting in for this, including land? You know how much the land is worth in Oakland? No. $150 million. Wow. Plus another two to $300 million in infrastructure. That's what? $400 million just for a political front for a billion-dollar business? Sounds pretty real to me. That sounds pretty damn real to me. And... Look, the numbers are out there. You guys can go look at it. All you got to do is look up term sheet, uh, you know, Fortress and Ronnie Lott. And look, before people say, well, some people have said that Fortress is kind of sketchy. Yeah, I can name you a couple things that Goldman Sachs has done that's pretty sketchy, too. Adelson's pretty sketchy as it is as well. He's pretty sketchy as well. So you can't tell me with a straight face, oh, but Fortress is sketchy. But Adelson's an angel and he's great. (laughs) What, you know? That's the thing. What does Adelson get from all of this? Is he just going to give Mark, you know, uh, a, a cute handout? Because that's not how Adelson got rich. You know, from uh, from a report, I believe, was it Jason Cole? or No, 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 excuse me. The owner of the Texan said that the Raiders would be looking to pay Adelson 20 to $30 million a year in rent. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know— uh, as a Raider fan, do you want opposing fan bases to take over your call your 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 stadium? You really want that? Absolutely not. I'm sorry, I don't. And some of these comments I'm seeing about how Las Vegas is real and it's going to happen, they're borderline ignorant. Seriously, you it is borderline ignorant. And I cannot wait when this is all said and done. I'm not going to curse anybody out, throw anybody under the bus, but I'm just going to flat out say I told you so. I like it. And I think this is a lot far off than people want it, want it, uh, want it to be. I think people want to believe it's so bad they're convincing themselves. I read all these reports and stuff. I think it's just all lip service. I think that Adelson's going to build that stadium with or without the Raiders. The stadium is not a Raiders stadium. Let's not forget that. UNLV is going to play there. It's going to be you know Taylor Swift concerts galore. This is not a Raiders stadium. He does not need Mark Davis, and he's already gone on record as saying so much. If Mark doesn't want to pony up more or give up some of this ownership, if there's nothing in it for Adelson, then there's nothing in it for Mark Davis. Well, if you look at it, let's just look from the beginning, right? Just on the surface. How much money is Adelson going to put in? It starts out about $650 million. In Oakland, Ronnie Lott and his group are looking to put in $400 million. Mm-hmm. So, and then in Las Vegas, you still need the relocation fee. Yeah. It could be anywhere between two hundred and six hundred million. and $600 million. We don't know. So already, how do you plan on paying Adelson back plus the relocation fee? Yeah, you may say, oh, but you can pay it off in increments. That's still 5 to $10 million that 
a year with no ancillary development and an owner that doesn't have any other assets like Paul Allen of Microsoft or Jerry Jones with his oil industry. And an owner that, that's got a $100 million tab already in the city of Oakland that he can't pay off. So where's this money going to come from? And, you know, uh, Oakland has said that with the ancillary development that they're going to be building with the new housing and the new shops, that some of the taxes from that will go to paying the $90 million tab that's left over. But, but you know, sure. here's the thing, right? Uh, Mark already isn't rich, right? Mm-hmm. But the NFL is, pwn- is giving him $100 million for free. And he's and he's turning it down. What kind of crap is that? I don't get it, man. I, and you know, maybe we need to get into this more in a second conversation because I've really enjoyed talking to you about this. I'm a I'm a strong supporter. I'm a Bay Area native, and I would just be crushed if the Raiders moved. Um, I know you got to get going. If there's anything else you want to add, please add it. Uh, and and uh, by all means, you know, plug your social media, plug your podcast, and everything that it is that you're doing. Tell us what's going on with Doctor Death. Yeah, uh, thanks. So thank you. Thank you guys very much. Um, you guys can follow me on a Twitter at 26 Dr. Death. Uh, you can follow my Dr. Death page at uh, just Facebook search like Dr. Death. Also, you guys can listen into my podcast, uh, doc, uh, face, uh, excuse me, blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Death show. That's great. And, and I want to thank you again, Ray, for joining us. Um, I'm Kenny Stapler. This has been a, a an inter- Stapler. Did you just get inducted to the hall of fame? Uh, no Stapler. <laughs> Stabler? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. That's um, a pretty damn cool name to have, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not not my real name. Not my real name. That was made up on my office desk while, of course, daydreaming about the Oakland Raiders. Um, So this has been an interview with Death. And uh, once again, it's the Pillaging Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitchers, and this is a companion podcast to pillagingjustforfun.com. Join us every week. The show comes out every Tuesday. This has been a special installment, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's just a little more inside information. And, and, and one last thing before we go, there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of people that are that really want this move to happen. Not coincidentally, a lot of them don't live here in the Bay Area. We recently had one of those fans come out from Chicago to attend his first Raider game ever in the Oakland Coliseum. And when he left that day, he said, you know what? This is all BS. These, this team needs to stay here. I've seen it now. This stadium is not a Coliseum. It's a cathedral. This is a mm-hmm. church. And, and people really believe here. This is what it's all about. And um, if you have energy that's reached you as a Raiders fan, that's pulled you in, and you don't want to acknowledge that part of that is the 55,000 people sitting in the stands on Sunday here in Oakland, California, then you're ignorant to the fact You just don't see it because that's us. We're bringing you in there. It's not just this team. You, you explain to me why you're still a fan when we only have four, four wins at the end of the season. It's not just this team. It's the culture around it. And that culture has been cultivated by the people that attend the Oakland Coliseum eight times a year and hopefully more this year. And I just want you to think about that the next time you open your mouth or you share your opinion. And And I'm not saying shut your mouth. I'm just saying, think about it, take some perspective and take a moment to really understand what this is all about. Yeah, and you know, I want to add, look, if you live in another state, great. You're a diehard fan that represents us. That I will never question your loyalty. But if you live in another state and you question my loyalty, now we're going to go toe-to-toe. Now I'm going to question you. Why don't you put, your, put down your Twitter account, put down your remote, and actually contribute into the team. 
But if you live in another city and you have family and you're enjoying the Raiders and you're like, hey, you know, you East Bay, you know, you, you Bay Area guys, I'm glad you guys rep us hard. Hey, great. That's cool. You know, yeah. so you, maybe you say, yeah, I, you know, I, that's cool. I want them to go to Vegas. That is your prerogative. That is your point of view. But once you start putting other people down and calling us city fans, I have a problem with that. And I guess just to put a bow on it, you know, Raider Nation, it's all love. We're all brothers. I get it. But don't forget where it started. Raider Nation started in Oakland, California. Every ca- every uh, nation has a capital. There you go. I like that. All right, all right, my man. Well, thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it too. This is Kenny Stapler signing off. Take care, Ray. Have a good one. You're listening to the Pillaging Podcast, companion podcast to pillagingjustforfun.com. The only Raider fan site made by Raider fans for Raider fans. Featuring fan-submitted articles and the most lively Raider Nation conversation on the internet. Follow us on Twitter, at Pillage Just For Fun. That's at Pillage Just The Number 4 Fun. Also, tune in every Tuesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. What's up, Pillagers? This has been One Word Raider from the Belly of the Beast, Arrowhead Stadium. But I'm not the only one here representing. There's a Raider Nation uh, tailgate. Going down, uh, some of the posters, Radio R is here, 303 is here, Ken Snakler is here, 303 is here, uh, Black Hole Sun is here, somewhere, and uh, so we're putting it down right here for, uh, for all the pillagers. Out! Hey, it's Plunk for Hall of Fame. We are sitting in 10-3, and I like it. Um, I wish we would have beat Kansas City, but... By no means does that take us out of the race. Uh, New England loses tonight. Kansas City loses next week. We are number one. So keep the faith. Go Raiders. Code Black. Put your pants. Yo, Kenny, this is Marius. Just want to say go Raiders. Now, if we reach the Super Bowl, I'm going to sell my kidney for a ticket. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Big Ted 707. Just wanted to give a call in. Say what's up to Kenny Stapler, Raider Kane. Thanks a lot for all the work you guys do. Uh, keep up the good work. Loving the blog, loving the website, loving the podcast. All right. Hopefully the Raiders finish out this season in the right way, the way they started, and we get some wins. Go Raiders! What's up, Pillagers? This is in One Word Raider. I'm home now. Came back from Kansas City. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of my Kansas City experience. Um, people saw the video afterwards and they're asking me, are you okay? Were you involved in that fight? Um, they probably thought, like I did, we'd be like the only people that are Raider fans in Kansas City. But much to my surprise, um, there was a lot of Raider fans in the house. We went to some uh, Raider Nation tailgate. Um, gentleman that held it is a guy from Dallas, been doing it for over 20 years. Super cool, him and his buddy from Virginia. And there had to be at least a hundred at that particular tailgate. There had to be at least a hundred um, Raider fans strong. One of the things I was thinking I'd miss from the Kansas City experience was I love going to the Oakland tailgates, hearing that um, West Coast rap and of course the rock music. But um, I thought I wouldn't get that in Kansas City. But sure enough, they were bumping Tupac, Snoop, ACDC, and whatnot. It was you know so they brought that music along. I met guys from Canada. I uh, met a gentleman from Scotland. Guy came all the way from Scotland to watch the game. Um, guys from Arkansas, Iowa, Chicago. Um, and everyone was cool. Everyone was like, come have some food. 
you know, we, we had some bottles um, of tequila and Hennessy, so we're giving people shots. Um, some guys from Arkansas hooked us up some carne asada, and I'm thinking there's carne asadas in Arkansas. So it was a trip, a lot of fun. The Kansas City fans themselves, they were mostly really cool. 95% of them were really humble, um, high-fiving us, saying good game, you know, talking football with us, knowledgeable. There was some knuckleheads, though, that, you know, after after the game <laughs> made me and some other Raider fans, uh, you know, think about popping, popping them in the face. But um, luckily for myself, you know, we, you know, we, yeah, there's a lot to lose, and, and we, we thought better of it. But all in all, great experience would have been the ultimate experience had we won. Um, hopefully, we get them again in the playoffs. Anyways, a little bit about my experience. Talk to you all later. Pillagers, take it easy. What's up, Kenny? The morning after. This is 303. Leaving Kansas City, heading back home to Colorado, man. What a disappointment. So many chances to come out of there with a win. What was encouraging, though, is our defense played great. I thought, you know, we stopped the run real well. And then after that second quarter, we really got after Alex Smith. What I thought our our Musgrave should have done is run the ball more, especially on that third and one. Why are we throwing the ball to our fourth, fifth wide receiver homes with Marcus Peters on him? When we were running the rock, we should have ran more like we did versus Denver. So, anyways, Casey's got our number. Carr learned a lesson. Right now, we're not a great cold weather team. We're on a run. Just got to chalk it up, get healthy, come back, and go to Oakland South and handle the Chargers and finish out this year with a three with a three win run. Anyways, go Raiders. All right, y'all, we're back. Um, you got a chance to hear Dr. Death and what he thinks of the stadium issue. You know Kane and I can go on about this all day, so I'm going to give each one of us 60 seconds to give uh, our opinion and weigh in on this. Kane, let's start with you. Um, you got 60 seconds. What, what do you think about the Raiders stadium issue? Uh, I think it's a cluster, you know. I think uh, Mark Davis has an idea that he wants to move to Las Vegas. I don't know how serious of an idea that is. I mean, he says he's committed to it. We'll see. The, what, what, what we need to really key in on here is the Ronnie Locke group. I think that the Ronnie Locke group is serious. I think that their proposal is A1. And I think the NFL would rather deal with Ronnie Locke and his group than Shady Sheldon. Now, whether that remains to be seen or not, we'll see. But at the end of the day, I feel like Ronnie Locke's group does did put a good proposal together and it's 1.3 billion same as uh vegas so you know at the end of the day the the nfl wants the raiders to stay in oakland lot showed up made a good deal and i think the nfl is going to look real close into that before they make a decision on las vegas matter of fact f las vegas all right perfect um you know, I, I think that uh, I think Adelson. I mean, he said it himself. He's going to build that stadium regardless. What he's building is not an Oakland Raider. It's not a sorry. It's not a Raider stadium. It's not a Las Vegas Raider stadium. It's a UNLV stadium, and it's a stadium that's designed for events, Taylor Swift concerts, and the like. Okay, so he's going to build that stadium with or without us. And I don't think that M Mark really had a clear idea. Um, 
<laughs> I don't think he had a clear idea what was really going on. I mean, I think he was led to believe that he was getting a handout, and I think he really wants one. I think he feels like, um, you know, people are better off with the Raiders there, but Sheldon doesn't feel that way. Not everybody feels that way. The NFL wants them to stay in Oakland. You can question the motives as to why they want him there. It is the fourth largest media market um, or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fact check. Um, but I, I really think that uh, – I really think that – Vegas was a red herring all along. I don't think it is what we thought it was. I never thought it was a slam dunk deal. And to be completely honest, Ronnie Lott and his group have come together at the in a very short amount of time putting together a proposal that nobody believed in. But I think we're going to find out with the news tomorrow that it is actually very believable and very real. I personally don't think that the Raiders are going anywhere. I think the only thing standing in their way is the Oakland A's, and this deal has a plan for that. I don't really think we're that far off. Um, I know there's a lot of work to go, but a lot of folks are about to be surprised. And I won't get into the rest of it. I kind of just went over my time by, by about 10 seconds. Um, so that's it. Las Vegas in a nutshell. Oakland in a one nutshell. More thing. Props out to Dr. Death for coming on the show. Appreciate you, bro. Wish I was there to give you some questions. I really would like to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Big shout out to Dr. Death and Forever Oakland and the 66th Mob and everybody involved with that. Godfather Grizz, Boss Man, and the rest of you um, holding it down all the time at the Oakland Coliseum. You guys are legends. You really are. And we appreciate everything that you're doing. You may not agree with the way I feel, Kane feels, or the death of the rest of them feel. Um, but, I mean... Don't don't disrespect your brother and the Raider Nation. That's what it comes down to. We just want what's best for our team. Stop being stadium fans. Stay in Oakland. All right, well, let's move on. We got a game this weekend against another division opponent, San Diego Chargers. They'd love nothing more to knock us out uh, of the playoffs or at least to, to knock us down and, and keep us fighting. Um, they want to beat us anyways. Uh, they have some obstacles in their path as well. They have some injuries. Melvin Gordon was hurt this week. Uh, we were told that it was going to be day-to-day, and then today there was a tweet saying that he hopes that he plays again this year. I get the feeling that he's not going to play this Sunday. Um, he's walking around in crutches. I don't think he's going to be out there. Um, also, Bosa was injured this weekend. He tweaked his neck. He went through the concussion protocol. He passed that already. Um, he's day-to-day and, and can I think considered likely at this point. I think he's probably going to go. My gut feeling is, is the guy's going to go. I, I think that he's going to be a factor if he does go, even if it's in limited snaps. So that, that's a bit concerning, but I think we'll deal with it. Um, but what I do like is they have several offensive linemen injured. That offensive line was suspect to begin with. This is a great opportunity for Khalil Mack and, and the crew and possibly the return of MEJ to get on track again this week and show us more of what we saw in the Kansas City game last week and really get after Phillip Rivers. This is a guy that can hurt you bad, but if you get at him, he will melt down unlike any other quarterback. So we need to get in Phillip Rivers' face. The quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard in San Diego. Kane, what are your feelings on this game coming up? No Melvin Gordon, or I'm sorry, questionable Melvin Gordon, questionable Joey Bosa, I mean, this this team is riddled with injuries, I mean, throughout the roster. So I think we're going to get a team that just basically is just melded in. Um, they're getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> That's all I got to say. They're ready for presents, turkey, dressing, uh, whatever you have on Christmas, ham, greens, potato salad, whatever you have. That's what they're ready for. They're, they're, they're definitely not thinking about a game right now. That's for sure. Kane, Kane you're making me hungry. And at the same time, 
I said this at the beginning of the year. I say this at the beginning of every year. Before the year even starts, everyone says, well, San Diego, you know, they, they, they can hurt you, man. They look, they look pretty good this year. And I say, there's no team in the NFL that lays down harder in December than the San Diego Chargers. Every single December, this team just fades to black. Gone. Comatose. San Diego, you're not a problem. I'm not worried about you. We're coming to Oakland South. There's going to be 80, I'm sorry, excuse me, 72% Raider fans. Shout out to the blog. We're going to show up in effect. We're going to be in full force. Shout out to the 80s. That's for your hip hop heads out there. And Carr plays his best against San Diego. I look for Carr and Amari Cooper to repeat a little bit of what we saw last year and drop a 40 bomb on these turkeys. Merry Christmas, San Diego. Go <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> you 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 passed Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh my only concern going into this game I already mentioned is the pinky fingers. It's a tale of two pinkies. And until I can see that those pinkies are okay and they're nothing to be worried about, run the damn ball. Okay. We learned last week we need to run the ball. Let's get Latavius Murray's thousand yards. Let's get him up to fifteen touchdowns by the end of the season. Rashard, you're due for a big one. Run the damn ball. San Diego, your season is over. Goodbye. We'll see you <laughs> next season. But if you could beat KC, it's all love. Uh, Kane, this has been a great show, man. I think uh, we're 10 and 3. Again, we're half a game out. We're the fifth, we're the number one wild card, fifth seed in the playoffs. Either way, you shake it. I, I like this, man. We got one road loss. You got to love it, bro. I mean, did you expect us to be even fighting for the number one seed right now at the beginning of the season? If you would have been asked, can the Raiders have a possibility to be the number one seed? Would you have thought that that was a possibility? No, I, I, I didn't. Well, I did. I had them at 11 and five, but it just feels weird to see it right in front of you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And the fact that we got out. We got out to a 10 and 2 lead. We never really were coming from behind to get this record. I mean, we've been in the driver's seat all season long, it feels like. Of course, the entire AFC West, you know, nipping at our heels, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's just it's it's unreal. It feels good. I absolutely, man. But you 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 know what though, bro? We we have been in battles all season. What bothers me, and I'm gonna say this real quick, what bothers me is is that we've been in battles all season. We've lost close, we've won close games. The games that we've lost, beside from Atlanta, and even they beat us by a touchdown, we we weren't within grasp of winning those games. I mean, we struggled. You know what I'm saying? Against Kansas City twice and Atlanta once. So, I, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sure whether it's the defenses that we played and, or, or did Derek Carr come out and have a bad day. But those three losses exemplified Derek Carr having a bad day. Even with Atlanta and the defensive problems we had, Derek Carr still had a bad day against Atlanta. So my only worries is going into the playoffs with this young team is that, you know, you're not battle tested enough to be ready to maybe be a number one seed. You know, maybe you're you're a wild card team and and Raider fans, you, you need to accept this. If we go in as a wild card, we're 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 a road winning team. And uh, we've played in some really tough games this year, and we turned out to win those games. So at the end of the day, 
whether we 10 and 3 or 9 and 7 or whatever at the end of the season, which we, we won't be. But you, you need to be happy at where what this team has accomplished. This team has gone farther than any of us could ever have expected us to. So let's just sit back and enjoy this ride. Let's not so much worry about the KC beat us twice. Because you know what? Dallas got beat by the Giants twice, too. You know what I mean? So let's not worry about that. Let's stop worrying about that, as a matter of fact. Let's stop worrying about KC losing the game. Let's start worrying about keeping the number five seed in the AFC. And in order to do that, I think, in my opinion, we need to win the rest of these games. Okay? So, fans... Barry KC in your mind. Forget it. We lost. It's over. If we see him again down the road, so be it. Right now, we need to concentrate on the last three games of the season, and we need to win, in my opinion, all three games and go into the playoffs on a strong note. And if you remember or recall, the last time we lost to KC, we went on a six-game winning streak. So let's just hope we go on another six-game winning streak. I love it, brother. Couldn't have said it better myself. Anyways, that's it for this week's show. Uh, tune in every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Also, once again, follow us on Twitter at Pillage Just for Fun. That's at Pillage Just the Number Four Fun. I'm Kenny Stapler, joined as always by my co-host Kane. And we out here. Peace. Go Raiders. We out here, baby. Raiders.